podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Gentlemen. Hi, Dave. You're, Hi. Fe- you're feeling a little bloated today? Yep. Feeling fat and gross. Ate far too much pasta. It's all right. Uh, fatty bum bum. We're now uh, coming towards the end of uh, Fergus and Paul's big long weekend together. <laughs> <laughs> because we went for a pint on Friday night. Then we went to the game on Sunday. And that includes travel to and from Brighton, from London. And, and then we just had a pint before the pod. We're still just, we've got just about enough conversation. There's not much left in the tank. Is that it's get, we, what sort of music do you like? <laughs> it's getting to that stage. Oh, Have you got a middle name? <laughs> What's your favourite Monopoly square? <laughs> well, I've got an answer for that. Yeah, I could actually have quite a good Monopoly conversation. It probably could. Save it. Looks like we're having another buy after the show. (laughs) So, yeah, big day. Big day yesterday. Um, Yeah. Travelled all the way down to Brighton. Before we start talking about the football, there was an incredible... uh, I don't know if you got this on Sky. I can't imagine you would have done, Dave, but there was quite a controversial um, Tannoy announcement. At the Amex. Yeah. Did they no, not show was... this on Sky? No, what, did, what was it? It said, um, it said, this season we've teamed up with Labbrooks. <laughs> but they were doing it in the voice of Newcastle Natter, like as in, yeah. this season we've teamed up with Labbrooks and we'll bring, be bringing you plenty of specials. Our first bet is bet £5, get £20. This means if you deposit £5, Labbrooks will add another £20 to your account. As a listener to this podcast, and they were talking about the Newcastle Natter, you can get this right. by following the link at bet.newcastlepodcast.com. And we'll be tweeting right. this bet five pound, get 20 pound link. Apparently. And that really got the crowd going. Really got the well, crowd going. We'll I mean, be adding it, it on it, Facebook it, as well, by the way. I and mean, it echoed what um, Hewton said before the game, so. <laughs> That's true. Well, it, they're develop- Yeah, it's it's it really tied in with the narrative of this fixture. <laughs> but let's talk about let's talk about the one football. every week. <laughs> yeah, one every week. We'll be running out of. I mean, that advert. It says we're going to be giving you lots more specials over the course of the season. It's still just that one. It sounds good. Five, bet five pound, get twenty pound. But I look forward to finding out what other specials mm. Labrooks will be giving people well that, that that's not a bad one I mean I'm, I won some money on the weekend did you what did you bet on Dave uh, I put an accumulator on the Premier League with uh, Spurs Everton Man U Man City Chelsea to win and Burnley Huddersfield to draw wow that's quite a big accumulator yeah what um, are you what, a millionaire uh, now <laughs> no, I put um, I put a fiver on, and then uh, as I was driving back from Nottingham on the Saturday, I uh, had to pull over at the surfaces because it was getting a bit close. Um, Southampton were on top of my new Birmingham Huddersfield sounded like it'd go either way, so I cashed out. Oh, you could have won one hundred and thirty quid. 
What would it have been? What did you win? I won 62, but uh, it could have been 130. And would, would you have got the 130 if you hadn't been such a pussy, Dave? <laughs> yeah. But, you would have done. Yeah, yeah. But similarly, I would have lost the money if I um, if one of the results hadn't gone my way. So uh, the, the way I see it, if somebody had said, you'll get 62 quid for that bet, I would have been happy with it. Okay, so, fair enough. If that's the way you want to tell yourself. Yeah. You know, if that's it, okay, that's fine. It's cash money, isn't it? Well, yeah. Although it's staying in your account, you're just going to bet it on other games. <laughs> so no, I, I immediately hit withdraw. Anyway. Well done. Okay. So yeah. the game itself on Sunday, me and Paul were about four or five pints in and basically stood behind the goal net. So, like, our perspective on the game as a whole isn't, like, brilliant. So I almost feel like I should go to you first mm. to ask um, what was your... Uh, what did you think of uh, the game? Well, remember before the, the, the game, we were talking about how they play compared to how we play. And I'd said that um, we're both quite direct, quite counter-attack sides, and it won't be a particularly uh, like open game. It'll be quite, like two sides that you know when we butted heads in the championship um it was fairly even but our quality told well this was fairly even and unfortunately this time around our quality didn't tell um i jostle had a couple of chances to score um richie had a poor game atu was was pretty poor i thought on the whole our defense was was comfortable in dealing with them, but for one defensive slip up, which if we want to get into it, there's arguments that there was a foul on Mbemba to begin with. That's the argument um, that Benitez was making. And we're talking about the Brighton goal here. Yeah. Go on. Um, and I, it's, yeah, if, if, um, if we were more fortunate with that call, um, the goal shouldn't have stood, but really, um, the the game wasn't decided by that. I mean, it was decided by that goal, but we should have been better all over the pitch. Um, and I, I, I think a draw would have been a fair result. Um, uh, but then we didn't really test their keeper in the first first half. Um, no, it we didn't only really. Had five shots on target. Right. It didn't. It was a pretty close game. They had. Uh, most of the ball, which I would imagine is something that they won't get in many games this season. Um, yeah. We did, there was quite a nice shot from Marino, volley, but it was never going to go in. No. I, um, both of us were not aware of how good Hosselu's chance was until yeah. we saw some highlights today. But, because we yeah. were at the other end and, He's he's not he's not looking like what you would call a natural finisher, is he, Paul? There's four sitters now in two games he's missed. It's it's a tricky one because I feel like he's not delivering, but there's not much competition for him. There really the isn't. I mean, I thought Dwight Gale could do really well in the Premier League, but I can see that Hosselu is um, adding uh, a lot to the team and he suits the way that we play. Um, and when Dwight Gale came on, it, he really didn't work. As an it outlet, makes you more like. annoyed at Mitrovic 
getting banned for three games because like by the time Brighton have the lead they're just sitting back very deep Dwight Gale is all about pace he's not going to be useful to break down quite a solid defence like when we played Brighton last season it was only when Daryl Murphy came on that we had a bit of a physical presence we were able to turn the game around it would have been tailor made for Mitrovic yeah I was having a conversation with a mate today saying that um, for all um, for all Dwight Gale is a poacher and all the rest of it because we're like you're saying we're not going to be coming up against teams where they're you know they're stretched Um, we're more often going to go into games as the underdog Um, if Mitrovic could sort his head out I think um, I think he's more of direct competition for Hosselu than than Gale is at the minute. Certainly, the way we're playing. Um, and as bad as, as 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 bad as Mitrovic has been at times in the past of at finishing, I think I I I would back him more than Hosselu in front of goal on the yeah. basis of what I've seen. And it's unfair to Hosselu. It's only a few games that he did score in his first game, but yeah. he doesn't look and confident. We'll co- in front of goal. We'll come up against sides that aren't as well drilled defensively as Brighton that are also, you know, like Brighton are expecting to go into pretty much every game as the underdog. Uh, they'll, they'll drill set pieces, they'll drill defensive shape, they'll expect their, you know, their attacking players like Hemed and uh, Murray and Knockhart to almost like get them out of it but they're expecting to be under the cosh a lot. I think, to be honest, we'll come up again, like like we did against Swansea, Stoke uh, and West Ham. Those teams are the ones that we we seem like we're going to be able to get at better because we'll we'll soak up their pressure um, because they haven't got the likes of uh, Martial or Coutinho or, or whoever up front. They've got quite average strikers and their defence isn't, isn't as well drilled I think we'll do better against those sides well Brighton seem to do to us what we've been doing to other teams this season of not really worrying about having possession and just saying you come and break us down we'll hit you on the break or nick a goal from a set piece but we didn't really do much of that either did we no well I think our problem and it's I think it's been a problem since Pardew is that if we are given the initiative and told play football try and break us down we don't really know what to do like Partridge tried to get us doing it and was never able to McLaren tried and couldn't Benitez in the championship never really approached games like that even though we had we struggled more in the championship I think because we had to take the initiative and break teams down does seem to be a long-term problem with us but I think this season in the league we're not going to have to do that very often I mean not to get total hipster but the um the heat maps between the two sides the side by side comparison they barely had a touch in our box and they didn't have a touch in like the the center uh, between the edge of our box up towards almost the center circle they barely had a touch there it was all in their own half or on the flanks whereas we had more more possession um scattered across the pitch um than they did i just think that yeah, a, a draw would have been a fair result, especially if they'd been a man down, which they should have been. Mm. Which they should have been. And that's another thing that we had not a fucking clue had happened. The stamp mm. by, yeah. what's his it's name? Hemed. Hemed. 
And uh, apparently you've got some breaking news, Dave. Yeah, Hemet's been um, charged by the FA for that stamp. Which everyone um, listening to this probably knows already, but go on. Yeah, of course. Um, I haven't seen how many games that he, how many of the games that he'll miss. I'd assume it would be roughly the same as Shelby, um, because it's you'd think a three game. You know, it's a very similar. Yeah, because they weren't. It wasn't like um, a stamps a strange strange term for it because it's more of like a tread upon. Like it wasn't. He didn't come down like um, as if you were like stamping on a bog or anything like that. He was. He just. You know, stood on Yedlin. I thought. I thought there was a slightly credible case that it wasn't on purpose. Yeah, I don't I know. I saw Chris Hughton saying know. that that was that it wasn't. On it purpose. doesn't really help us now, anyway. But it then we've had no. the opposite side of that luck with Mitrovic not getting sent off against West Ham, so we can't. Yeah, we can't sure. argue too much. Sure, it is what it is. I think. I think. I think with. Um, with Hemed and Yedlin, it was it had been bubbling under. Like I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, they challenged for. If it took um, place in the game, Dave, we probably ball. didn't see it. <laughs> they they were challenging for a high ball, and um, Hemed took exception to Yedlin's challenge, and they had a bit of a, a not a head to head, you know, a proper. But they you know they were having a go at each other, and then ten minutes later, Hemed stands on on Yedlin and should really have been sent off frankly i don't know if that would have made a great deal of difference because of you know when it happened but um you never know one man down because we were pushing on putting them under so much pressure towards the end um especially when marino and shelby were in the center together um that looked a good pairing and it's, that was a weird one though because we were behind that goal so we were seeing all of that happening and you still felt like we wouldn't score if their defence seemed fairly comfortable. Right up until about, I don't know, 80 minutes, I thought, like, we would score at some point. It's so frustrating. Mm. That, that When you go to watch football, it's it's so tense that you need that release <laughs> of well, I mean, seeing your team score. Even if... I would yeah. almost l- rather we'd lost 4-1 just so I could have had that release of celebrating a goal at some point. Mm. Well... After after about the I don't know the fiftieth fifty fifth minute rather, after about that they didn't have a single shot. So I think for the last half hour of the game, we were in the ascendancy. And had we, like you were saying, Paul, if we had Mitrovic to bring on, or if we had, um, I don't know. The odd one is we somebody... did have Jacob Murphy to bring on, but didn't. Well, we brought how. on Gamers. I, I saw people. Yeah, what like, was what was that about? Questioning that. Well, because essentially at that point, when when Gamers came on, we were pushed quite high up, and we were in we were fairly dominant. So at that stage, it made sense to bring on somebody who might be more comfortable in a wing back's position than uh, Mbemba was. Mbemba, who didn't have a great game, by the way. Um, so I, I could understand that. But it's just a shame that it was Gamers coming on and not the equivalent mm. of Mankilo. I didn't on, feel like either know, of our man- wingers had a good game as well, so I sort of wouldn't have yeah. minded. It, it was a bad day at the office for the, the attacking lineup, um, but I thought our defence, on the whole, played really well. I mean, like I say, they they barely had a, a, a touch in our box at all, um, and that's what we were doing against. 
West Ham, against Swansea, against Stoke. It was keeping allowing them pose- possession in areas that we don't find dangerous. Um, but unfortunately, we, we came unstuck because of one defensive cock-up and arguably an unfair challenge on Mbemba. Oh. Well, listen, I'll tell you what we're going to do right now is we're going to have a quick break. And then uh, when we come back, we'll talk a bit more about um, our miserable day at the seaside. (laughs) (laughs) The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back. I, I reckon, I'm just trying to work it out in my head. I haven't been to see Newcastle live very many times in the last year or so and <clears throat> I I think I only saw two games last season I saw Fulham away which we lost which we lost 1-0 yeah uh, yeah we didn't right. score and I saw Birmingham away which we drew was that 0-0 that was 0-0 <laughs> and yesterday I saw us lose 1-0 to Brighton so I haven't seen us score a goal in a long time god Live, yeah. <laughs> and I'm planning on going to three games in December, and all three we're playing Arsenal, oh. Chelsea, and West Ham. Ironically, though, I'd say what counts, even if there'd been two goals for us in every one of those games, one of the games you went to, I think it was the season before last, you saw the rarest thing of all, which was an Emmanuel Riviere goal. So that maybe that's why. Oh, Palace away, yeah, yeah. yeah I was there. We all say, where were you the day Emmanuel Riviere scored? Well, I was there. I was there. <laughs> On the grassy well, knoll. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I, um, I think the takeaway from this is obviously that, Paul, go to as many home games as you possibly can because you're a good omen on the, on the home games. And Fergus, uh, stay in your fucking house. Like, yeah. Just don't go. Oh, but I don't Get a hobby. Yeah, but one of my hobbies is going maybe, to watch Newcastle play. I mean, maybe maybe spend some time with your family. I mean, why not? We don't like have anything. One of them is a woman, <laughs> so we don't have anything to talk about. And the other one is a child. We have nothing in common. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, that's annoying. We went to it. A really good pub before and after called the Evening Star. There was uh, an incident. I put it on Twitter where um, some Newcastle fans put up some banners outside the pub. That was yeah, quite some exciting. Scaffolding on a house opposite the pub. So they climbed the scaffolding. There was like a father with his like eight-year-old boy <laughs> had got his eight-year-old boy to climb the scaffolding. Know, he looked with like him. a teenager. I think. All right, but it's a better story if I say he was eight. Yeah. All right, let's say 13. <laughs> he was a, a soot-covered chimney sweep boy. <laughs> he was definitely a child. You wouldn't, you know, you'd need ID. Um, climbing the scaffolding, putting the banner up. And then the police got called. It was all kicking off. But in a really sort of sedate, nice way. I think other than the game, it was a really nice day out. I'd highly recommend Brighton away. Oh yeah, I really it's hope the that they stay in the uh, in the Premier League just so we can do. Oh, I don't think they another. will. I think you're probably right, but although they did just beat us, yeah, 
I mean, there could be yeah. three worse teams than them. Depends. I think or Palace, maybe. Certainly Palace. Mm. Oh, right, here we're doing it now. Certainly Palace. Possibly, Swansea. Possibly Swansea. Possibly Burnley. Yeah. There's plenty of contenders. Possibly Huddersfield. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Possibly us. Possibly us. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they've got a fair old chance. They've got Chris Hewton. He's a a pretty good manager, I would say. Yeah. The only thing was I getting to the I, stadium is a bit of a bore. Like, we were told to, like, leave plenty of time to make sure you get to the stadium. And Fergus was very on the travel arrangements. So we, we arrived at the stadium a mere 90 minutes early. <laughs> 90 minutes early. Uh, oh, you can tell he's a dad. Yeah. But it was still good. It's great. I think it's, it's remarkable that so many travelled. I know that there will have been a load from who were living in London. Um, and it's quite an easier jaunt to get down to Brighton from there. But for 3,000 on a Sunday, like the late, later yeah. kickoff on a Sunday... That's pretty incredible. And we sold out at Swansea, which was a later kickoff on a Sunday. And uh, we've got Southampton. Uh, that's um, sold out now as well. That's sold out. And that's a later kickoff on a Sunday as well. But we I, made it Brighton's record home attendance as well. Yeah, I think there was only like 140 below capacity. And um, much of that will have been for segregation. We're being chosen for Super Sunday a lot, aren't we? I wonder if mm. that'll change now that they realise how <laughs> we're not the entertaining team people thought they once were. I think it's like, remember when Big Brother moved to Channel Five because Channel Four realised, oh yeah, this isn't this isn't what it used to be. People aren't that bothered about it, and it's a bit more boring. We've gone a bit Channel Five. I yeah, mean, but we still pull, we still pull in big viewing figures because you've yeah. got every every Newcastle fan who can't make it down. And who doesn't know how to operate a Cody box or a stream? They'll be watching it on Sky anyway. And I don't know. I still think we're a big draw. I mean, in in the championship, we're a big we're club. Fifty two thousand every week, Dave. Fifty two. What? Yeah. <laughs> we're a big club. What? What? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Massive club. Um, no, I think I can understand why we're on telly loads, but I reckon if we're like comfortably ensconced in. Um, like mid-table, and it doesn't look like we're likely to go down because there are you know two or three teams adrift, and we're comfortably clear. I don't think we'll be on much in the second half of the season because it won't be interesting. Yeah. So, a couple of quick questions before uh, we say goodbye, and uh, and then we'll be doing our preview pod. Mm. Um, there was uh, Shelby's a- attempt at goal from a corner. Was it an attempt? Yeah, he's done a few of them. I think. I think there's a strong chance he will score direct from a corner this season. Is it percentage-wise? Is it the best thing to do when you've got Lascelles and Clark in the box? Probably not. That I was a, it, that though. was you know when you were at a game and certain things become really irritating. Yeah, we were both getting very irritated by the number of short corners that we were taking. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like we've got two and maybe it's partly because we both had bets on central defenders scoring first for <laughs> Newcastle but like when like that's uh, believe it or not that's become one of our best ways of scoring yeah uh, in this season is uh, from corners central defenders uh, winning headers and it's like at least get a ball in the box mm. I think part of that is the way that Brighton defend corners is to block the run 
they don't they don't zonal mark like um, teams that we faced previously, like certainly West Ham, because they're not zonally marking. It's harder for Lascelles and Clark to get a run on people uh, because they're getting blocked off. Um, Lascelles spoke about that after the game. He, you know, he said that we should have managed that better. Like we should have found a way to lose our man in that in that um, rush to get to, to the ball. But I agree. I think if you've got that in your locker, in your locker rather. Um, put the ball into the boxes as from corners as often as possible because all it takes is one of their lot to like to not do his job. Whereas like with with zonal marking, because you're getting on the run, yeah, it's a higher higher percentage chance of making something from it. But if if Lascelles manages to get free of his man, then there's there's few there's few players in our team I'd rather get onto the end of a cross. Yeah, I think as well. Two of our best chances did still come from corners, like Shelby's shot and then the Marino. I think it was a volley from outside the box. Yeah. I always think it's, with, a, with it's a half volley like, if it bounces. That's, did that's it bounce? Rule. I think so. Yeah. Uh, with, um, with Shelby's, do you think it's possible that he puts it there because, because it's unlikely, but it's likely to cause confusion because either the man on the post will like, scoff it clear or the keeper will make it because the keeper's expecting to go out to you know, to barrel into a bunch of players, is he doing it to the near post? Because yeah, he might score, but mainly because it's likely to cause confusion and chaos in the box. I think he's doing it just to score. It's like he's got a habit of shooting from his own half as well. It's just wanting that spectacular goal. To be honest, I just think Shelby's a bit flash, and he yeah. wants that moment. Yeah, I think it's a, all, a bit all about him. Yeah, but, but you know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Fair enough. Before we finish this podcast, I'd just like to make a quick apology to Christopher Tolfrey, who uh, was tweeting us on the day, and I think he was like trying to get say hello to get to the same pub as us, but he's, we seem to be like moving wherever missing. he wasn't. So sorry about that. <clears throat> Hope you had a, a good day out, Christopher. Um, that sounded like really sarcastic. Yeah, Hope is. you had a good day out, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely hope you had a good day out yeah I can't imagine anyone had as good a day out as uh, Paul Dillon's bowels yeah <laughs> you had snack options I basically had three or four ill-advised tiny meals basically Paul pasties had, and pastries I mean I had was nearly as bad but your uh, list is more interesting steak and our pasty yeah steak steak and ale pasty yeah Chicken bolty pie, that's yeah. the one I skipped. At the ground. And a hot dog. Bratwurst. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. chocolate eclair on the train home. <laughs> yeah. That was my idea. Yeah. I am baffled by like everything else apart from the chocolate eclair makes total sense to me on earth. I'm a, I'm, I'm, that's, I do like desserts. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> like when parents go away and 12-year-olds are given like, the opportunity to buy food. Yeah. It's a bit like that, isn't it? Football day. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to say goodbye now and uh, we'll be back in a couple of days with our uh, preview of the Liverpool game. But in the meantime, thank you very much, Dave Watson. Thanks, Fergus. Thank you, Paul Doolan. Thank you. Thank you to you, the Natter listener. Please do remember to uh, rate us on iTunes and subscribe and all of that shit. 
We do appreciate it. My name is Fergus Craig. Thank you very much. Goodbye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Sports Social Podcast Network.